This is the Coach T Show, where business strategist and marketing expert Coach T discusses all things business, from how to scale to closing consistent sales. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, you're in the right place. Are you in? Put me in, Coach. Put me in there. Let's go. Hey friends, welcome to the Coach T Show. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Uh, we have an awesome interview today with the one and only, uh, the Allison Roberts, who is the founder and CEO of Faster Size, an exercise app that allows people to get traction in exercise in only a few minutes every day. So she's talking to us all about how to grow an app if you are someone in the community that wants to grow an app. And more specifically, she spends some time uh, sharing with us exactly how she made the move from corporate America to startup world. And you are going to like this one. So check it out. Hey, everyone. I'm so excited that you're here with me today. I'm excited because we've got Allison Roberts, the uh, CEO of Faster Size, on with us. And so we're thrilled uh, to have you here. Welcome. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Well, fantastic. We're thrilled to have you. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your business, and then we'll jump into all the goodies that we'll be talking about today. So give us some background. Perfect. Yeah. So Faster Size is a company I started with my dad, um, Dr. Wilson. So um, it's a fitness program that you can do in about five minutes a day. So he's the mastermind behind the actual program and how it works. And then I decided I love it so much. Um, I'm going to help him build out the business side of this. So we're building a fitness app. Um, we're helping people just incorporate this into their regular schedules. And I guess you could say the reason I'm passionate about this program is I actually use it to enter a bodybuilding competition eight months after having my first baby, just doing faster size, like no weightlifting, things like that. Um, it's very unique. It's a very unique program, uh, but we like it. You know, we're weird and we embrace that. So uh, we, we're going to have to chat. I didn't know you did that as well. Yeah, I do. I do a little of that. So fun stuff. Okay, small world here. Um, so what I really was excited about having Allison on, uh, well, the reason I was really excited is because she has a path that is so similar to so many of you who are listening and watching this right now who have worked in corporate America and then have decided to embark on you know, your own business. And so you know, a lot of people talk about the end game like the, the magical stuff, the unicorns and all of that when it's all finished, but it's like, well, how do you get there? What's the transition like? And, you know, all that goodness. So give us a little bit of your background in corporate America and then tell us, you know, when was the place that you said, hey, I've got to leave here and start this business? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, right out of college, I entered the workforce, you know, I started working and when I was in college, I had thought, you know, I'm going to be that person who climbs the corporate ladder. I'm going to work really hard to get those promotions. And so I put in a lot of time, uh, really tried hard. And I realized that I didn't like working for someone else as much as I thought I would. <laughs> um, so I would say it was about maybe two years after I started working in the workforce, I decided to start thinking more about what kind of business would I like to get into. And it just kind of fell in my lap. My dad had created this fitness program and I love fitness. I, I think it's just fun to learn about and I like to be healthy. So 
uh, I decided to try his fitness program. And it was really timely for me because I had just had my son and I was like 30 pounds heavier than when I started my pregnancy. So I just wanted to lose some weight. And then the program with faster size, I lost those 30 pounds in like three months. So I was like, well, for someone who's working full time, I don't have a lot of free time. And the fact that it only took like five minutes a day, I thought, you know, I bet there are a lot of people out there who are similar to me where they don't have as much time. They would like to have something convenient and I might as well just try to help them get started with this program like I did. So we started part-time. My dad and I created the company. We created an MVP uh, of the app. It was really cheap. I think we used um, like an app building um they're like a consulting company, but it's, it's kind of like Wix for um, apps. And so they just made a simple one for us. We got started with that. And then I would say maybe eight months after we started the company, I woke up one morning and I was like, I'm going to quit my job today. And <laughs> it was, it was one of those things. I, I don't know that there was a ton of um, like specific decision that happened in that day, but I had been thinking about it for so long. And I was like, I just don't feel like I can dedicate enough time to this so I'm just going to quit my job and we're going to go hard and just try to grow this as fast as possible. So hopefully that answers your question. That, wow. that was my wow. experience. <laughs> you know, that's so interesting because, you know, I get asked the question all the time as well. So how did you know, you know, to leave sort of corporate America and jump into being an entrepreneur? And I don't know, like, so unlike you, I never really had this desire to climb the corporate ladder. Um, when I was in law school, you know, like your first weeks there, everyone's saying, oh yeah, I know which firm I want to work with. And I knew that was totally not on the path. And I remember the professors being like, well, wait, don't you want to go and try to network over here? And like, I'll network, but I don't want to work at that, <laughs> at that firm. So I was a little bit different, um, but very similarly to you at the point that I decided that I wanted to go, it just was one of those things where I woke up and I said, no, I'm ready to dive all the way into this thing. So I think that's interesting. Now, when you were working um, in corporate America, I'm assuming you were still working in faster size a little bit. Like, is that how that worked? Definitely, yeah. So my daily schedule, I tried to split up like chunks of hours to work on different things. So I would get up at like 5 a.m. and I would work on faster size from like 5 to 7.30, 8 o'clock. Then I'd get ready and I'd go to work from 5 to or 9 a.m. to about 5, 5.30 p.m. And then I'd come home, have dinner, play with my baby, and then put him down to sleep and work again from like 7.30 to like 8.30 or 9 o'clock. Yeah. So it was a part-time job outside of my work hours. And what did you find that like when you finally left and you started working on the business full-time, did you see like, oh, wow, I'm able to accomplish so much more, you know, in this time that I have? Did you think, well, hey, I could have still kept the full-time job. I'm accomplishing the same amount of amount of things. How, yeah, it, it was crazy. First of all, yes, I made a lot more progress by being able to switch to full-time. But I think the biggest thing that really surprised me about making that shift was I stopped thinking like an, an employee. I stopped thinking about myself as oh, I'm a finance analyst, like, because that's what I was working in. I stopped thinking of myself in that way. And I started thinking of myself as I'm the CEO of a startup company. Like I am growing a business. I'm an entrepreneur. And so my identity shifted in my mind and like, maybe it could have shifted before I quit, but that clear separation made me realize like, 
I actually have a lot more potential and a lot more power as a person than I'm giving myself credit for because of the way that I'm thinking about myself, you know, and I feel like mindset and mentality makes a huge difference. Just, yeah, I would say that was the biggest blessing. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's really interesting. And were you finding that because you had this full-time job, you felt like a sense of comfort in terms of finances, maybe like, well, you know, like it's going to be okay. How did you feel about making that, that jump to (laughs) that is scary. (laughs) Um, I guess I feel like, you know, having a, having a sense, like having a job, I was salaried. And so basically just being there and being willing to do whatever work my bosses had for me, I felt like, well, I'm not really excited about the work that I'm doing because it's not my passion, but at least I'm making money. Whereas when I transitioned over to working on my business full time, you feel like you're so um, you're so responsible for the success of the company that you're going to put it all out there. Mm-hmm. Like you're not just going to wait for someone to tell you what to do or you're not just going to be like, you know, this is my job, but it's not something I love. It's like I love this. I care so much about this succeeding and I'm completely responsible for these sales to happen and for these customers to be satisfied. And I just, I feel like it really made me kick myself into gear. It's like, you know, you can't, there's no benefit to you just being lackadaisical about it. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you got to go hard, you know, you got to care. Oh yeah. yeah. I I love that. And I love how you, how you put that. You said, you've got to go hard. That's what I tell my clients all the time, especially the people who right now are sort of one foot in, one foot out because they're working somewhere else. And, you know, you don't really have the full capacity and time to commit to your business, but it's not even about the time. It's about the mindset. It's about giving everything that you've got to this business that's your baby. Um, And it can't be done if if the energy split. So I'm happy that you said that, hoping that's resonating (laughs) with someone who's listening here. Um, And so, you know, what did you find, you know, was one of the biggest differences um, with working in Faster Size, your own company, and then being in corporate America? Like, what were those skill sets? What was maybe, you know, the number one skill set that you needed to work on that allowed you to accomplish what, did you, what you needed to as a business owner that maybe you hadn't honed so well as an employee? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I was working as an employee, um, you're obviously you have to present yourself well to other employees at the company. Um, I was working like for a fortune 100 company or maybe it was fortune 50. It's a very large corporation. (laughs) Um, And so it's important to present yourself well, but ultimately people care more about the reports that I had and they cared more about making sure that the data was accurate as opposed to um, when I started working at Faster Size, I've been doing a lot of content creation for the company. Um, I've been, you know, I make a lot of the videos myself, or at least I did at the beginning. And um, everything about connecting with the customers, I had to be a lot more animated. I had to be a lot more excited. I had to, I had to create like a personality that people can relate to. Um, whereas, you know, at my, at my other job, it was kind of like, nobody really cares if you just sit in a meeting and you're monotone so long as you get your work done. <laughs> so, um, it, and it was kind of funny too, because I, I remember leading an event for women in finance at my job. Um, and I was like the moderator and someone came up to me afterwards and they were like, you know, I'm sure you're fine at your finance job, but like your skill set is really being underutilized in terms of like 
presenting information and connecting with people. Um, are you sure you're in the right career path? They actually said that. They're like, are you sure that you're in the right career path? <laughs> and that was maybe like two months before I quit my job. And like, that really got me thinking. It's like, I have skills and passions. I have things that I really enjoy doing that I'm not doing at all in my job right now. And it makes me sad. Like it, it made me sad that I wasn't able to like fully utilize what I have to offer. And so when I made that transition to faster size and like leaned into connecting with people, um, I was just a lot happier. So, yeah, you know, I really loved what you just said, um, especially about content creation and we'll jump back to that. Um, but I loved what you said about basically having a lot of underutilized skills, you know, in the position that you were in previously. And there were probably so many things that were talents of yours that you had no idea that were because they weren't being exercised enough. And at least on this end, as a content creator and a business strategist, I have people come to me all the time who don't wanna be in front of the camera. They're like, anything except creating the video. Like maybe I could hire someone else to do it. It's like, well, people have to get to know you. And you know, the reason why people do business with us is because they like us. And then they get interested in the product most of the time. And so, you know, that's really interesting that you were able to, uh, that you were able to sort of come out of the shell from corporate America and be able to be the content creator in your business and see, oh, wow, like this is really driving some revenue, some sales, people are liking this. Mm -hmm. So how did you, you know, how did you, did you feel comfortable jumping into content creation like immediately? Was it a little bit of a spur? <laughs> no, it was, I mean, um, no, <laughs> I, I'll say this, like, I was homeschooled from pre-K until high school graduation. The first time I stepped foot in a classroom was college. So just having that background, um, I am naturally extroverted, but I did not have a lot of skill and like experience actually talking to people and doing that kind of thing. Um, and so I really had to get outside of my comfort zone, but like what it came down to for me was um, the first videos I made were in my basement and I had my camera and so I just be talking to my camera and I realized this isn't that scary. Like, I mean, it would be one thing if I instantly had to stand up in front of thousands of people and just have my act together. Right. But it was as simple as like, you know, I did my hair and my makeup and I got a, my cute outfit on. And then I stood in front of this camera and I talked to the camera and you can film yourself over and over again, you know, until you get it right. So it's not like you have to be perfect the first time. So I think that really helped me kind of like ease into it um, as opposed to like thinking that everything had to be perfect the first go around. Absolutely. And what have you found in Faster Size? Are people, you know, connecting with you and they're sort of connecting you with the brand and deciding, hey, I like her content. And that brings them over to learn more about the app. How do you see yourself as the content creator, you know, driving sales? Well, I love that you asked that because um, it's really timely. Actually, like I talked with my mentor about this just last week and I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, I actually was resisting becoming the face of faster size somewhat um, because I'm not the kind of person who just wants to put themselves out there on social media all the time and, and things like that. Um, but he was like, you know, Allison, 
you need to let people know who you are and what you stand for, because you'll find a lot of people who relate to you, you know, and if you're, if you're depriving the market of your story, then you're not doing anyone any favors. And so, um, whereas most of what I've the content that I created was mostly for the app. It's contained inside the app. It's not as much for our marketing materials. Now I'm transitioning out to sharing my story on social media and on our podcast and like trying to like let people know who I am, be vulnerable, share my daily routine, like um, just really getting myself out there. And it is shocking to me how much people like actually enjoy listening to me and my, you know, my life, you know, I don't feel like my life is that exciting. And yet when people are, have similar goals, like they're trying to lose weight or they've had children, they'll relate to that. Not because I'm an incredible person as much as they have a similar story and they like to hear about other people who do the same thing and have felt the same way. Um, and so I think that really helps me get over my like imposter syndrome where it's like, well, I'm not, I'm not cool enough to be an influencer. So I shouldn't talk. It's like, no, you don't have to be like an amazing influencer to share your story. You just need to share your story authentically and people will connect with that. So I love it. I love it. I love it. And I loved what you just said at the end, you know, it's not about even as many, I tell people this all the time, it's not even about the followers that you have. It's about the people who are following you, the people who are connecting with you and an authentic connection. And what we find is that, I know I find this as a content creator, that the more people we're able to authentically connect with, those people have friends and family who are part of a lookalike audience who will also be happy to connect with us. And then you just sort of grow in that way. Um, so I love that you are sharing that. And so um, as a wrap up here, I've got to ask the, the million dollar question here. So how's it going being a startup founder and a mom? And how are you providing this balancing act, this, uh, this amazing balancing act of being the best of both? <laughs> well, I'm trying really hard. Um, but I will say like, I found that time blocking helps a lot. And it as a general note, it's been great. I, I remember writing in my journal when I was like 12 that I wanted to go uh, to college and study business so I could come home and start a business with my dad. Oh. Um, and so like, this has been a lifelong dream of mine. Um, and I just love working with my father. Um, and so, and then in addition to that, I also decided when I was about 15 or 16 that I wanted to have a family and I wanted to build a business at the same time. And so, uh, it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be <laughs> trying to have kids and raise and start a company. You know, I've got like three babies because I just had my second son like three months ago. He's three months old today. Congrats. So <laughs> thank you. So um, it, it has been hard though, because there's the balance of like, I really want my children to have a great childhood and I want them to know that I'm there for them. Um, and then also startups take a lot of time and a lot of energy. And so um, I try to be very present with my children and, you know, no distractions. I'll put my phone away. I'll let them know, like, I'm here for you. We're just going to play right now. Nothing else matters. Um, and then like daycare is a great option. That helps a lot because <laughs> it's hard to work when people are running around. Um, but, you know, making, making time for the most important things as they're happening and, and similar for the company, you know, I wake up early, I work on it before the kids are up, I work on it while they're at daycare, you know, I try to focus and I honestly feel like for me, 
I get more done knowing that I have limited time, knowing that I, I only have so much time to work on this. So I'm going to be laser focused and I'm going to get as much done as I possibly can before my time runs out. Um, it's almost like a race against time. You know, how much can I finish really fast? Um, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> oh, that, that, that does. And have you been able to sort of block out, well, hey, I'm not going to work. Are you working on weekends? Do you do that? I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I do. But you, but you time block off time that you spend with the kids and then that's just the sacred time. Right, exactly. That I, I try to block out time for them every day. And then I typically am working on my company Monday through Saturday and then I'll give myself a break on Sundays. Yeah, what's really interesting about that and people ask me that all the time. Um, we just are getting to a, uh, we're getting to a four day work week which is like, wow, because I used to work pretty much seven days a week um, and then cut it down to five days and have been really strict with that. So now we're going to a four day for everyone in the company. But what was really interesting is people always used to say, well, how does that work with time blocking? You've got kids, I've got four kids. So how does that work? And uh, so you're not really getting to spend that much time with your kids. And I was saying the time that I get to spend is so intentional. It's so intentional because there's nothing else and it's uh, a lot more valuable, I find, than time that's spent with me doing a little of this and a little paying attention there and not really listening to what they're saying and having to say, wait, what did you say? You know, all that, um, I think it goes a long way. And I think there's something cool, uh, even, you know, for all parents, you know, your kids, my kids, uh, all of our kids to see us doing something really cool, you know, being inventors and creators and founders. And that's, that's cool stuff. And there's, there's a need for that in the world as well. So um, last thing, I know I said last thing before, but last thing now, for the people who are thinking about starting an app, because I know there are a lot of people in our community who are thinking of this, what would you say are like first initial steps? Because for many people, it gets overwhelming about where to turn. Yeah, so I think the first, the very first step is to decide how, uh, how much time you want to spend on the app because building an app in theory, it sounds really simple, but when you break it down to having the design of the app and then being able to code the front end and the back end to actually make it functional and having those pieces of code setting up with a database so that you can have that experience for every single user and scalability. How fast can you scale if you get thousands of users overnight? Are you going to be able to handle that? So there's a lot to think about. You need to decide how much time am I willing to spend on this right now and in the next one to two years. Um, and if you're not willing to go full time on it, then you probably need a team. So um, I would recommend that you maybe find a partner or you find uh, maybe I don't know, you have to find at least one or two people who can be on your team to help you because uh, that is just too much of a burden to carry yourself. And then if you get demotivated because it is very stressful and overwhelming, then you're going to completely fall off track and you're probably gonna waste money. So that's why I say like, if you're gonna do this, you need to do this because it's going to take some time and effort. The second step is you need to decide um, how quickly do you want to get to your end result? Because first you need to have like what I call MVP, very simple, you know, you have a minimum viable product that you can get to people and start testing. I always will recommend that people start with an MVP with an off the shelf option. So the one that we use is called Buildfire 
and you tell them, you know, what features you want with the first round. It's only about $2,500 or $3,000 for the first round, which is very cheap for an app. <laughs> like normally it's going to take you hundreds of thousands of dollars to build an app. Um, so $3,000 is nothing. Um, and that way you can actually get it started. You can begin testing. Um, and then after that, you need to decide, like, do I want to grow quickly or do I want to grow uh more slowly and hold on to equity because those are your two choices. You bring on an investor or you grow very slowly with your own time and resources. Or I guess a third option would be you bring on a coder, you bring on someone full-time and give them an equity percentage of the company. So I would say those are the first steps, but um, okay. And then I'm sorry, I should have thought of this before, but before you do anything else, um, you also need to know like what kind of experience do you want your customers to have with the app and write it down, be very specific, because when you start trying to create a solution that mirrors the experience you're trying to give your customers, it actually gets a lot more complicated and a lot harder to achieve than you might think. So have the solution and the experience you want your customer to have, and then write that down, store it away, and then try to build the solution. But oftentimes you're going to want to take your solution and, and compare it back to the original experience to make sure that you're still on track. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. Well, that debunked it. That was a great start for everyone who's thinking about starting um, an app. And so Allison, where can we find out more about your, um, your app? Where can we find out more about you? And I think you've got something for the audience. So I'll turn it to you. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to learn more about us, uh, we've got fastercise.com. So it's faster exercise smushed together. F-A-S-T-E-R-C-I-S-E. Fastercise.com. We also have the Faster Size app on uh, Apple and Google Play. So pretty much any smartphone can download it now. Um, and I think we have a discount for you guys. I'm pretty sure I sent over the link. So um, users can have a discount on that as well. Um, and if you want to connect with me, uh, my Instagram handle is fantastic underscore Allison. And I'm just going to be sharing my story because I'm training for my next bodybuilding competition now. Um, I'm almost, I'm one pound away from my pre-pregnancy weight. So I've lost cool. like 35 pounds, <laughs> which is great. Um, and then I'm, I'm training for my next one. So I'm trying to be true to what my mentor told me and to share my story. So I'll be posting about that on my Instagram page. Well, fantastic. It's so awesome to have had you on and very inspiring. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed that, friends. It was a lot of fun listening to Allison. I hope it gave you a lot of inspiration. I know there are many of you who are on the fence. You've got a side business and you're trying to, you know, work that into your full-time job. And I hope this gave you the push that you needed to put a date on the calendar to exactly when you're leaving that job so you can start creating your dreams today. And so with that, I'll see you in the next episode. In the meantime, check us out on Instagram at official underscore coach T. You can also join us in our amazing Facebook community with other like-minded entrepreneurs. And the links for all of that will be uh, below in the notes, as well as the subscription Allison is giving all of you. So check it out. See you soon. 
Thanks for listening to the Coach T Show with your host, Coach T. If you enjoyed this episode and want to know how you can apply these tips and tricks to grow your business, sign up for our next free live top business course with the link below. You can also follow Coach T at CoachTBiz.com. Enter Instagram at official underscore Coach T to get more free business resources. See you next week.